Hello and welcome to One Name at a Time. My name is Ben and I'm joined as always today by Pez. Hello. And before we get started, before we get into the real business, just want to wish everyone a happy new year. 2021 picking up right where 2020 left off. Um, but hopefully all our listeners are having a good start to the year despite all the crazy shit that is going on. Well, they'll um, be having a good start now they're listening to us. So. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what a place to start because One Name at a Time, of course, if you're not familiar, is the podcast where Pez and myself make dream fantasy 11s uh, out of Premier League players meeting a specific criteria every week. Uh, so this week, it's a great place to start the year. One I've been really looking forward to, as you know, Pez. We're looking at former Torquay United players who have played in the Premier League. Now, this may seem a little obscure to people who don't know myself and Pez. The reason we have selected Torquay United is because although we're both Man United fans, as we say many, many times, we're both from South Devon. Torquay United is our local club. Um, we've both been to plenty of games at Playmore. So um, it was really an interesting sort of little experiment to look at. Which of those players, how many players did Torquay have who've actually been in the Premier League? And as it turns out, not loads, but a decent Enough. Team. Enough. <laughs> for a team, so that's why we're doing this. So um, usual rules sort of apply. So again, as always, we do a 4-4-2. We have a subspench of four players. Um, so that's a goalkeeper, a defender, a midfielder and a striker. And basically, they have to have played, obviously, in the Premier League. And then they also have to have played in a competitive match for Torquay. That doesn't matter whether it's in the league or in a cup competition for Torquay. As long as they've pulled on that yellow and blue shirt. Sometimes it's stripey, sometimes it's not. Who knows? Torquay tends to change their kit quite a lot. Um, <laughs> but as long as they've pulled on that shirt in a competitive match for Torquay, that's the only thing that matters. I don't think there's any other criteria this week. Is there any other rules? No, it doesn't matter what nationality they are or whether they were, you know, yeah, have a matching name to anything. Just, yeah, just as long as they've got appearances in the Premier League and appearances for Torquay, that's good enough for us. And let's be honest, they, like usual, they don't have to have been good in the Premier League. Now, because they've also played for Torquay, a lot of them probably weren't very good in the Premier League. And they also <laughs> didn't have to have been very good for Torquay as well. As long as they've played for them, that's the main thing. <laughs> right, so now that's out of the way. Are you ready to kick, up, kick us off with our goalkeepers, which could potentially be one of... It's quite a few goalkeepers. A few, few good options. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually didn't realise there were so many goalkeepers that had you know, been at Torquay and in the Premier League. There, there was... I think I found six in total, which is probably more than we have for, I mean, a lot of positions in this team. Though, ultimately, there's only really one to talk about. So... The obvious one, we've spoken about him for our Wales team and obviously when we did our European Championships, he was, um, yeah, pretty, pretty much a sort of standout for, for that Wales team that famously reached the semi-finals. Um, and it's Neville Southall. I um, have gone for Neville as well. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, there was a lot of goalkeepers here, but this was just the standout one. I mean, he, you know, he's, I, I think I said it before, it's like, you know, arguably the best goalkeeper the British Isles has ever produced. Um, and it was pretty much an honour to see him playing for, you know, just a, a local little third, fourth division team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, part part of that fantastic Everton team in you know, the 80s, uh, played for quite a long time in the Premier League, actually. I think after he left Torquay, he went back and played in the Premier League for Bradford, which is, you know, quite testament to uh, probably how desperate Bradford were to <laughs> the goalkeeper. But also, you know, like, you know, the fact that there was probably plenty of 
decent goalkeepers who were much younger than him around at the time. But they went, no, he's probably the best option we could go for. So he was doing all right still at that, you know, advanced age. And, you know, fair enough. Um, yeah, 92 caps for Wales, won a couple of, uh, you know, Football League titles with Everton, a couple of FA Cups. Um, I think he also got a Player of the Year award, which... I mean, we say it's it's rare for anyone who yeah, plays deeper than the midfield to, to win that. It, it's extremely rare to see a goalkeeper be considered the best player in the country, essentially. So, you know, to be put on that sort of pedestal means that, you know, he's, he, he could arguably get into any team. You know, if, if, if he wasn't born in Wales and he was born in Brazil, he'd, he'd probably be in ahead of, like, Alisson in, in our teams that we've done. So, like, it, it's, it's difficult to not say... You know that there was competition for this position. There, like I said, there, was, there were a few goalkeepers, but it was really just competition for the bench. Yeah, I mean, I obviously mentioned that it was a position where there were actually quite a lot of names, but it was one of those where there were quite a lot of names, but there was only really what because because of, of Big Nev, there was only ever really one that you would you would put in the team. Like I said, I went for I went for him as well. I remember watching him at Turkey, and I think it's one of the it kind of, in many ways, at quite a young age, really sort of taught me some lessons about goalkeeping. I mean, that obviously at that age, he must have been in his late 30s by the time he was at Torquay. And um, he obviously wasn't, you know, he was big Nev. He wasn't like necessarily at that stage in his career, the most acrobatic, you know, he didn't necessarily, he did make some brilliant saves, but he wasn't necessarily, you know, a flashy shot stopper. Mm. But it was all about his presence. It was all about his judgment, his reading of the game. And I think sort of, that was maybe something that at that age when I was you know just learning about football I hadn't really thought about before for me goalkeeping was all about who makes the best saves um so that was really sort of like an eye-opener for me at quite a young age so yeah for me he's always been someone who I've I've really like admired um and especially you know since I you know since our Wales 11 you obviously mentioned that he's quite a big presence on social media um and I hadn't actually sort of seen him on that before but um i have since looked him up on twitter and yeah what a great guy as well just to say um really open-minded really sort of empathic and um it's great to see you know more footballers kind of demonstrate that in sort of the public eye because obviously footballers do have a bit of a negative bit of a negative rep when it comes when it comes to the public going into some of the other goalkeepers that we um we could have gone with if they weren't if it wasn't for big dev Probably the standout one for me was Kelvin Davis, <laughs> who, I'm going to be honest, I didn't realise he played for Torquay. He only made four appearances for Torquay, so that's probably why I didn't realise. Obviously, best known as Southampton goalkeeper, 300-odd appearances for them. Obviously, part of that team that was in League One and then got up to the Championship and then got up to the Premier League and kind of stabilised Southampton back in the Premier League, you know, with the likes of Lalana and I think it was like Stephen Davis and a few other players. Over 680 appearances in his career in total, did play for, you know, Wimbledon, Ipswich, Sunderland. I think Sunderland in the Premier League as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he did get in some team of the years, though uh, the two I have are in the Championship and in League One. But, you know, still a good goalkeeper at that level, which is ultimately a higher level than Torquia playing at. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And he did win some Player of the Years as well at Ipswich and Southampton. So probably not like a, well, definitely not a top level Premier League goalkeeper. But I think someone who was a championship level a very good goalkeeper and um at premier league level probably quite a stable and you know reliable goalkeeper maybe not spectacular but someone who definitely played at a level or higher consistently 
than Torquay ever did. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We, 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 when we look at players, sometimes like we we talk about it that like the the like immediate thought you get when you hear their name is mistake. I didn't get that with Kelvin Davis. No. Not saying he, like he, he he didn't have one in him or was like it wasn't like he was yeah an outstanding stopper. But like I don't immediately go well he was crap. He, yeah, he wasn't. It was all right. <laughs> and I mean, kind of linking onto that, the other one of the other main names I had was Andy Marriott who for me actually isn't someone who I go oh he had a mistake in him because I actually remember the season he played for Torquay he may have actually he may have played more than one season at Torquay apparently he made 57 appearances um, mm. but there was one season when I, we were either we either got relegated or we were fighting against relegation and I remember he was an absolutely brilliant shot stopper like some amazing saves and if we got relegated that season it definitely wasn't his fault because um, he was brilliant five caps for Wales um, but famously I think for most football fans probably what he's known for is his spell at Birmingham where he made one appearance in the league and unfortunately conceded one of those goals where I think it may have even been a throw-in back to him and he went to touch it and it like bobbled over his foot I think he you know because you can't score from a throw-in can you but I think it may have like touched him a bit and gone in or something Um, like like, like an Enkelman special yeah it it was basically (laughs) that it was a carbon copy of that Enkelman goal Um, (laughs) not Enkelman goal but you know what I mean and it was just like, I think that's how he lives on in people's memories, which is a shame because he, he was a very good shot stopper, like I said. Um, over 500 appearances in his career. He played for some big teams as well, Nottingham Forest and Sunderland among them. Apart from Kevin Dearden, he was probably the main one that challenged Kelvin Davis for me for a spot on the bench. Um, Kevin Dearden obviously being almost a bit of a um, cult hero for you and me. <laughs> um, having played for Torquay at a sort of time when we, I guess... Not started going to watch them, but, you know, we did We did sort of in our teen years go a couple of times together to watch them. Did make one appearance for Spurs in the Premier League. Hundred odd appearances for Torquay. But I don't I don't know. I Maybe it's my memory's not great, but I probably wouldn't put Kevin Dearden on the level of either Marriott or Davis, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, I, I, the one I've, I've put above them, actually, is, is one who, I think I've maybe done it because he's got a few more caps. And it's Jürgen Sommer, who is oh, yeah. American. Um, I know the name, but I don't sort of have any recollection of him playing for either Torquay or in the Premier League. But I know the name, so maybe he was, he's like a coach or something for a national team now. But look, he got 10 caps for the USA. Which is impressive so, as a goalkeeper, right? Yeah, exactly. There's always competition for, for that position, isn't there, for, for Americans. So, you know, that, that that's something. Um, but yeah, I, I just I kind of just went with that because I was like, well, that's twice as many caps as Marriott got. So yeah. Even for you know a team that I mean Wales is is also difficult to get into the goalkeeper, you know, contingency for. But like yeah, that, I I I don't have any recollection of him as a player. But you know he's he's got a fair few caps and yeah. <laughs> uh, weirdly, that name because obviously you know looking at potential future weeks, I think I'd seen that name when we were maybe when I was maybe looking forward to like doing like a USA 11 so like I don't reckon I don't recognize it as a talkie name but I do kind of recognize it um from the US uh, were there any other players that you had I, I don't mention that I found six um I've literally just got him as a sort of honorary mention his name's Miller don't know what the first name is but <laughs> clearly wasn't in like you know contention for um was yeah. it Kevin maybe Kevin Miller maybe I'm just pulling pulling at strings now I kind of feel like Torquay wants like emergency loan some really old goalkeeper who may have played at the Premier League at some point maybe, and maybe yeah. it's him maybe <laughs> it's him but yeah so I, I didn't even think of him as being anywhere near like Kelvin Davis so mm-hmm. yeah let alone Neville Seifel <laughs>
Okay, so I'm going into my favourite position, as always, and it's my turn this week. Right back. A couple of names here, probably two that stood out for me. I've gone with the one that I actually saw play for Torquay. I'm not sure whether I did see the other one play, but I've gone for Adam Smith. Fellow Smith, so that's obviously why he gets preferential treatment from me. Um, (laughs) Has never appeared for England. Had a loan spell with Torquay. I can't remember exactly when it was, but it can't have been too long ago because I don't think Adam Smith is that old a player. Um, But he made 18 appearances on loan for Torquay. And I remember him being, you know, right back's a kind of difficult position to stand out in. Um, But I do remember him standing out and thinking that he was a very good player. Obviously, I think he's still at Bournemouth, who are in the championship trying to get back to the Premier League. But over 230 appearances for Bournemouth, most of which of those would have been in the Premier League. Uh, Six goals. Over 300 appearances in total in his career. And he was a part of the team that won the championship when Bournemouth got promoted. From my memory of watching him for Bournemouth and also for the brief spice room at Torquay, he was quite a well-rounded fullback, like a decent little technical player. Um, good going forwards. Not a liability defensively. Just someone who, I don't know, it's just, like you said, like I said, it's kind of difficult to be impressive at right back sometimes. Like They're a bit of an anonymous position sometimes. But um, he was one that always, always impressed me going forward. And, you know, never sort of worried me defensively. So I've gone for him above someone else who I could understand if you went for the other one. Um, but I just felt like 200 odd appearances for Bournemouth was pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I, I assume the other one you're referring to is Liam Senior. It is, yeah. Yeah, because I went with him purely because he's the one I've seen play. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and he had a little short spell at uh, Torquay of just one season. I think it may have even been when his dad was manager. I think it was, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you thought maybe it was a bit of preferential treatment, but actually pretty solid right back ultimately. Did well in, in the Premier League for Reading and Fulham. And yeah, I, I thought he was always relatively solid. Another, another one who's like not got any England caps, but, you know, right back is, like you say, a pretty challenging position to to get in um yeah I, I, I was like Liam Rossinho he never sort of looked out of his depth in the Premier League you know did obviously play in the, the championship for quite a while as well with you know, those sort of teams but yeah that, that's who I went with I don't think I'd seen enough of Adam Smith to kind of sort of argue his case but like you say he, he has been consistent for Bournemouth in the top two tiers so like might be one that we toss a coin with later but like yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy either way, really. You know, both, both are pretty solid players for maybe even like the same sort of tier of Premier League team, aren't they, really? So, yeah, yeah it's, it's... I don't yeah. think there's a lot between those two. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, possibly the main thing that differentiated it for me was not only having seen Adam Smith as well, having seen him more recently. Because mm-hmm. obviously I saw Liam Rossini in the Premier League, but that was quite a while ago now but was the fact that Adam Smith had obviously played consistently in, for Bournemouth. Um, Liam Rossinia, you know, you're right, did do all right for Fulham in the Premier League and um, Reading, but all, most of his appearances have come for a couple of different clubs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, was, was there anyone else at all that he had as a right-back? I mean, so I've got a name that I don't know. I don't even know that he's a right-back necessarily, so I'm probably relying on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, Paul Holmes. Um, yeah, you, you relied on Wikipedia the same way as me. <laughs> so, actually, he did make 225 appearances for Torquay. So, it's maybe a little bit surprising that I don't recognise him. But I'm guessing that those were sort of pre-2000. Um, maybe I'm wrong. But the fact that I don't remember him suggests that it was pre-2000. Yeah, um, I've got it listed here that he played for Torquay between 99 and 2003. Oh. So, I, I went to see Torquay alone when I was a kid. 
so probably before 99 and then i started to go a little bit like when i was a teenager so probably after 2003 yeah. so yeah probably, <laughs> yeah for me it would have probably been about yeah 2004 onwards um, yeah, well, Liam Seeley was actually at Torquay to 2003, 2004 season, so it looks like he took over from Holmes. So if you remember Seeley being at Torquay, you would definitely wouldn't remember Holmes there. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, I don't remember him, so I can't tell you whether he was any good or not. 220 appearances for Torquay, though, so he, he must be someone. You know, I'm sure there are Torquay fans out there, if they're listening, who will be telling us that we're idiots for not remembering him. Uh, 21 appearances in the league for Everton. I don't know whether that was, I presume, before he joined Torquay. Um, because I would like to think again if he'd played for Everton in the Premier League since the turn of the century I would have probably probably remembered him um, over 400 appearances in total like I said I can't really say whether he is um, better or worse than Smith and Rosinia. Smith, I'm going off what I know which is um, that Smith and Rosinia were both pretty reliable can't say the same for Holmes unfortunately also to be fair he didn't make the same amount of appearances in the Premier League as Smith and Rosinia did yes yeah did, uh, did you have anyone else? or No, no, that, that that was it. I just wanted to see if you had the same sort of, <laughs> here's a name that I did. <laughs> here's a name that I don't recognise. Yeah. Um, moving into centre-back then, who, who have you gone for as your partnership? There, there seems to be like a bit of a, I don't want to say a trend, but like as, as we go through this team, there's some positions you kind of have one or two obvious players to put in and then a load of others who can really sort of argue for the bench. So my two centre-backs I went for like as a partnership which I thought were probably the most obvious ones based on how much I'd heard about them and, and mm. sort of how, how well their career went is two English ones okay. um, between them they only had five caps which seems a bit low considering the sort of standing that I, I hear them being given um, but the the I guess the sort of more known one is Steve Bold yeah um, played for Torquay in 1982, so way before the Premier League and way before we were born. Um, yes. Yeah, played in the Premier League between 92 and 2000. Obviously played for you know Arsenal before that as well, like during, you know during the 80s, early 90s. Um, yeah, two England caps, won a, won a Premier League, won a couple of football league titles, a couple of FA Cups, League Cup, Cup Winners' Cup. Part of a, a very consistent Arsenal team, I guess. You know they, they won you know league, league titles in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I, 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 I sort of just have a, a knowledge of him as being like part of a, a, a very solid, strong Arsenal defence, like you know, sort of Tony Adams, Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterburn. That's that's a sort of like collective of, of being a, like an Arsenal back four that I think of as, as you know being one of, one of the strongest in the league during that period. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was kind of a. a an easy easy pick for me just on that I obviously don't have any recollection of him being at Torquay but he clearly was and alongside him is probably someone who's pretty similar as well he, he played for Torquay between 83 and 84 playing Premier League right at the very start uh, and that's Keith Curl yep someone I know way more as being a manager now yes um, yeah yeah, yeah he, he got three England caps which is more than bold um, I don't have any sort of like you know, notable um, honours that he, he's won. Like he didn't win any league titles or anything like that that I've, I've got listed here. But he's one who's kind of maybe it's because he is a manager that you, you maybe hold him in a bit more you know repute than someone who isn't a manager. Like you think, well, he, he, he probably did all right as a player because he's got into management. Like he probably has a good tactical knowledge and, and that kind of thing. So I've, I've I've gone with him just on the fact that I I know he was uh, an all right centre back and as 
been a, an okay manager. I think he did actually manage Torquay at one point. He did, yes, he did. Yes. So you know, there, there's some double love there. Played for us some managers. That that's that's that that works for me. <laughs> and I think he managed us in a at a time where the club was in crisis, and he didn't do terribly um, from memory. So um, which crisis? Who knows? Because with Torquay, there's usually quite a few. But um, yeah, every other season. <laughs> every other season, um, but. He yeah he did respectably drink. I think it was only for like a, maybe like a ten game spell, um, but he did do all right. Um, those are the two I've gone for as well. Uh, Steve Bold, I I have this weird memory I think of like having a sticker book in like ninety eight ninety nine, um, and Steve Bold being in it and maybe being the, like it maybe had like former clubs listed, mm. and um, him being the only person in in the sticker book who had played for Torquay. Like I don't <laughs> know whether that's just like some weird like thing I've dreamt up, but that's kind of my memory of Steve Bold. Never really saw him play much for Arsenal, was a bit before my time. And he had probably moved out of the first team a little bit, um, you know, sort of as the sort of Wenger era really got going. Um, but obviously he was part of a very successful Arsenal team, like you said. Uh, so that was kind of why I went with him. Uh, Keith Kerr was again one that like I feel has a reputation for being a very good player, but it's not so much on my experience. But definitely when I was looking at the names who qualified, for the team, he was sort of the one that stood out. Yeah. Like you said, three England caps, over 150 appearances for Man City. Those are league appearances. I think I don't think all of those were in the Premier League, but I think that was the team that he played for most in the Premier League. Um, but he did also play for the likes of Wimbledon and Wolves. So maybe, maybe there were some appearances in the Premier League for either of those teams or in the first division. I don't know. Other players that I had that were close. Probably the closest for me was Matt Elliott. Yes. Yeah. Same. Who. Scotland international, 18 caps for Scotland, which was obviously a time when Scotland were maybe a little bit more successful than they have been over the past sort of 10, 20 years. Best known for his at Leicester, where he made over 200 appearances um, for them. Again, maybe not all of that in the Premier League, but um, some of it definitely in the Premier League. And over 100 appearances for Torquay. So he's one who did actually play quite a lot for Torquay. Um, again, I don't really remember him playing for Torquay. I'm not entirely sure what years it was, but over 500 appearances in total he was probably the closest to breaking that partnership and would probably be my choice for the bench i think yeah yeah i mean you, you mentioned sticker books with steve bowl like matt elliott i have a sort of very like visual memory of like him being in sticker book for me for yeah. leicester and yeah I, I think he actually scored like maybe one of, the, one of the winning goals when they won one of the league cups that they won um in sort of like was it late 90s early noughties they were seemingly always in the final of the League Cup, weren't they? Um, yes, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think he actually helped, definitely helped win one of them because uh, that's what I've got listed down, that he won the League Cup. Um, yeah, he played for Torquay between 89 and 92, so definitely, okay, so definitely before our time that. as well. But, yeah, he play, played in the Premier League for, well, o- sort of on and off, I guess, because of, you know, relegation and sort of things, but between 96 and 2004. So it's a decent Premier League career there over that sort of length. And like you say, 18 Scotland caps, uh, scored ones for them as well. But, it's, you know, Scotland, yeah, it's probably at the time where, I mean, they, they, they might have, he, he was definitely playing at the time when Scotland qualified for the World Cup last. Yes. Um, not saying he was in the squad, but like, you know, in you've got like um, Hendry, haven't you? Yeah. He's like the sort of go-to Scotland centre-back. So it, fair enough if there was someone else alongside Hendry who was keeping him out of the team. <laughs> Some of the other names I had just to sort of rattle through them, uh, Gary Monk, another one I know mainly as a manager, yeah. um, but obviously very well known for Spell at Swansea, uh, where he made over 270 appearances. Again, brief Spell at Torquay, uh, 11 appearances for Torquay. Darren Moore, uh, Jamaican international, three caps for Jamaica. 
Again, another one who's a manager now. West Brom, again, probably did actually play for a couple of clubs, I think, in the Premier League. At Derby, I know he had a spell there as well. Um, But over 100 appearances for West Brom. Over 100 appearances for Torquay as well. Again, not one at a time I really remember. Um, (laughs) So can't really talk too much about him. But um, the other two I had listed down were Eva Ingemarsson, who um, has the most caps for his country out of all of these options, but is Icelandic, so perhaps that's why. Obviously, a, a long spell at Reading when they were in the Premier League. Only four appearances for Torquay. And I, th- I think it was a loan spell, I'm not sure. Um, and the other one I had was Mike Williamson, who's was at Newcastle. I don't think he still is, but um, over 150 appearances for them, winning the championship as well with them. He had a brief spell with Torquay, making 18 appearances. But those were kind of like, after Matt Elliott, they were kind of like the sort of runners-up for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, at least Elliot had like a, a long spell in the, the yes. Premier League, didn't he? Whereas like Inga Mars was just a couple of seasons with Reddin, Monk was just little fits and starts, I, I guess, with Swansea. And, and it was like, like a like... petty one, you know, like he because <laughs> he wasn't manager when they got promoted because it was Brendan Rodgers. But I think he, his career was very much kind of coming to an end at that time. So it may have been like, oh, he's helped us get like through the divisions. Let's throw him on for a sub appearance kind of thing. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I think he was maybe like club captain or something, but like, yeah, yeah he only got the armband after he came off the bench, that kind of deal. But I like, he, he was all right, solid, like, championship league one sort of level player. Like, like we say, there's, there's nothing bad about that at all. Like, you know, no. Kelvin Davis had that idea, made a career out of that, but like, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, when when you compare him to like Bold and Curl, it, it's, yeah, it's, you can't compare the two, really, can you? No. Uh, were there any names that I had I'd missed there that you, you had? Uh, no, no, you, you you picked out everyone. I, I kind of overlooked Williamson a little bit, you know. <laughs> so uh, left back, have you got anyone at all? Because uh, I do. I do <laughs> centre back was definitely a lot stronger, wasn't it, than than our, our wing back options? Well, full backs. Um, two of the left backs, I have four written down, but two I'm pretty sure were. I think one was a centre back and one was a centre midfield, but they both like could play left back. Um, but thankfully, I didn't need to go for any of them uh, because. Um, there were two players who who did qualify and were definitely um, out and out left backs. The one I've gone for is a current player, current talkie player, is Dean Moxie. Again, another one with zero England caps. Um, not really surprising, you know, that Dean Moxie hasn't represented England. No offence to him, I think he's a, a good player. But um, you know, when you think of some of the players that have played for England recently, like he's not at that level. But a very good cent- uh, very good left back. Played, obviously, for Crystal Palace um, briefly, I think, in the Premier League. I don't think he it may have been one season. But he's played for a couple of clubs sort of at championship level, including, like, Derby and Bolton. Over 500 appearances in his career. Obviously, a big, big sort of, I think, legend for Exeter City. Signed for Torquay in the summer. Um, I think I've got six appearances written down. That's probably not up to date, to be fair. Um, but I, I've, I've always quite liked Demoxie. I think he's, you know, he's got a good left peg. Um, he's a pretty solid defender, works hard. So he's someone who's kind of always, I guess, because he came through at Exeter, he's always kind of been on, been on my radar as a as a player. Like when he was playing in the Championship in the Premier League, I always kind of kept an eye out for him. Uh-huh. So for me, I think he just edged out one of the other options. Okay, I'm, I'm interested to see who your other option is because I didn't actually go for Moxie, but I, yeah, I can completely understand why you did. He was probably kind of the sort of second in contention here, mostly just because I know of him. Um, there was a couple of options who. I, yeah, I just I don't even really know who they are. The one I do know who it is um, is Mo Camera. 
Yes, yeah, that was Kamara. the one I was referring to. Okay, yeah, uh, um, played for Torquay in 2010, I think maybe like one or two appearances. Like we said, they don't have to be good for Torquay. Um, and he also played in the Premier League, I think that was like one or two appearances. <laughs> so we said they don't have to be good in the Premier League. Um, had a very, very short spell at Derby, I think it was. Um, obviously more known for playing for uh, Celtic up in Scotland. Yeah, won a couple of uh, SPL titles with them. I went with him purely because he was playing at a higher level, um, you know, playing in the Champions League, you know, the Scottish Premier League. It, it, it's a top tier. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying Moxie playing in the Championship was necessarily playing against worse players, but like, you know, playing in the top tier, winning 38 caps for, for Guinea. So he, he probably played in um, an African Cup of Nations as well at, at some point, I guess. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's a, a, a good career, um, a, a yeah, a, a, a top tier at an international level. So I went with that, but I, I really have no sort of affinity to him. Like, you know, I, 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 can't I really don't mind if you want Moxie in instead. I don't believe you've just referred to the Scottish Premier League as a top tier. I mean, come on. It's like a it's, feeder it's tier. A it's a top tier. It's, it's a top tier. <laughs> you can't get any higher in Scotland. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, it's somewhere between League One and, League, and the Championship, isn't it? Scottish, Scottish Premier League. <laughs> uh, the other name I mean did you have any other names I have two, I have Dean Gordon who no played for Torquay in 2007 apparently played in the Premier League between 92 and 2002 not consistently don't really know who he played for apparently he's English um, and Phil King who played for Torquay in the 80s and in the Premier League in the very early 90s who's also English but I have literally no other sort of information about them because I, I don't recognise their names, I couldn't put them to specific teams, um, I've got nothing listed down that they ever kind of won either as a, a team or as an individual, never got any caps, so probably just solid sort of championship sort of level players maybe, that kind of thing, I don't know. <laughs> Dean Gordon, I mean, does weirdly ring a bell though? I'm just looking him up, apparently he played for Crystal Palace and Middlesbrough and maybe Coventry in the Premier League. Oh, so right. he did play for some big club and then talking in 2000 yeah I mean I might have seen him play 2007 was around my era but he clearly didn't stand out for me because I don't remember who he is yeah. um, the ones I kind of had again like I said they, they were possibly their preferred positions were elsewhere on the pitch Lee Hodges is probably the main one played a lot of times for Plymouth and then was one of the players who saw I think it was when Torquay got relegated to the conference Maybe under Buckle, they brought in a couple of players sort of from Plymouth, and he was one of them. He didn't really play a lot for Torquay. I've got down, he made 41 appearances in the league for them. I think that was maybe over a couple of seasons. Could play midfield, could also play in the fullback positions. Uh, did play for Tottenham in the Premier League. And make yeah, I've got Hodges as a midfield option. Um, I was right. a little bit short for my left mid, so I, I did include him there. But yeah, like, like you say, he could do a bit of both. He was sort of a... Um, well, as we refer to them at Torquay, he was a bit of a Matt Hockley. Who, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Matt Hockley never played in the Premier League. Um, and the other one I have is like a random loan one who I do kind of remember from playing like his loans about Torquay, even though he only made five appearances. Uh, Bailey Cargill um, was one from Bournemouth's academy who, perhaps like Adam Smith, got a loan spell to Torquay because it was kind of close. Only made 11 appearances for Bournemouth. Not sure who he's playing for now. Um, but apparently has over 150 appearances. Again, I think he was mainly a centre-back, but he's not getting in even ahead of Mike Williamson, to be fair. So um, I read that he could play at left-back as well, so thought he would add some depth there.
Okay, uh, moving into midfield with our central midfield duo. Did you go for Lee Hodges? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had, well, I didn't have him on my left. There's someone else a little bit better there, but um, I, I considered him for my left side. So my, my centre duo um, is someone that I saw play a lot for Torquay. Um, didn't see him play a huge amount in the Premier League because he kind of didn't. But again, it's someone who was at Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, and it's Unino Kane. He's like the sort of more attacking option, I guess, yep. of, of, of this duo. Uh, played for Torquay for a couple of seasons, then moved to uh, to Bournemouth and then got promoted with them. Didn't play as much in the Premier League as he did when they were like in the Championship. Um, and he's really spent a season with them when they were in the Premier League before moving on to, I think it was Leeds, was it? He went yep. to? Um, yeah, seven caps for Ireland. I think he also got some under-20 caps for Northern Ireland. Yes. Um, there was a sort of, yeah, one of those little arguments they have with, you know, who, who's going to represent which one of these. So, yeah, he's, he's got, got a few caps there, um, at least compared to the other centre midfield options I had. Uh, there was only one other who had caps. So that's that's always a good argument here for, for a player to be included over, over yes. others if, if they've made a, a, an international career after playing for Torquay um, and, and not being for like some Caribbean island. Um, <laughs> so alongside we'll him, yeah, alongside him, I went with, I think it's someone who's probably a bit more defensive minded. You're probably going to tell me otherwise, but I recognise his name more as being a manager. Played for Torquay in the early 90s, played in the Premier League pretty much directly after that. Can't remember who he played for, um, but it's Paul Trollope. Yeah. He has nine caps for Wales. Uh, so again, got an international career after playing for Torquay. And like we said, you know, Wales is... is, is we've, we've mentioned a couple of, of, of Welsh players now who've got caps. So there, there must be must be something in the water in, in South Devon that you know, gets caps for, for Welsh players. <laughs> yeah, I, Billy I, I, Bowden. Did he ever get caps? I think, I think he might have done, actually. But yeah, I, I have no sort of knowledge of, of Trollope as a player. Um, but it's definitely a name that I sort of immediately recognised because of being a manager. And like I say, with Curl, you know, if, if, if you a player who goes into management, you must have a, a fairly good tactical knowledge of, of how things go. So he's, he's probably got more of a chance of being in his team than the other ones I'd looked at. That's my argument. <laughs> yeah, I mean, centre midfield, I'm not going to lie, was probably the place where we were thinnest on the ground, I think. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. I've gone for the same two. So, you know, Kane is probably actually one of my favourite players to have played for Torquay. Um, really sort of, like you said, creative midfielder when he was... I mean, he had a bit of bite in him as well. Um, but he was sort of, you know, a player who always was trying to get on the ball, had great sort of vision, a really good technique. It wasn't really surprising that he went to play at a higher level. He was very, very big part of that Martin Ling side that reached um, the playoffs, only to lose and not get promoted. Weirdly, I think actually when he moved to Bournemouth and maybe sort of as, as time progressed, he almost went from being a number 10, which was, you know, the shirt number he wore at Torquay, to being more of a number six, like and being more of a deep lying playmaker, um, which is kind of reflected in his stats. You know, for Torquay, he had, I mean, not an amazing goal return, but 14 uh, goals in 122 games. In total in his career, he has 302 games, 20 goals. So, you know, he hasn't scored a lot of goals since leaving Torquay. But I think that's probably to do with um, moving further back. Um, now at Luton, I think, as well. Um, mm. I was a bit surprised that he, you know, again, maybe there were other reasons but that he did choose to play for Ireland. Because for me, if I was in his position, I'd probably look at Northern Ireland as being a more likely source of caps. 
but hey, you know, maybe I don't I don't think he's necessarily out of the Republic of Ireland picture. So, um, you know, hopefully he gets a few more caps. And yeah, alongside him, Paul Trollope, like you, I can't tell you um, exactly what type of player he was. I do think he was a more defensive type of player. He played for Derby, I think, in the Premier League. Um, mm-hmm. But he did also play for Crystal Palace and Fulham. So probably not Fulham, but there may have been Palace in the Premier League as well, maybe. Um, over 300 appearances in his career. 37 goals he was really the only other option that i had that i considered was ian holloway who's another one who i know as a manager um, (laughs) famously as a manager obviously ian holloway he played for qpr almost 150 appearances in the league for them Um, i think that was where some of those may have been in the premier league short spell at Torquay, where he made five appearances over almost 600 league appearances in his career which is impressive but i don't know like for me paul trollope i slightly recognize as a player Whereas Ian Holloway, for me, is a manager. So that's kind of why I went with Trollope over Holloway. Maybe also the fact that he had a few caps. The other players I had <laughs> were definitely not <laughs> not players that you'll recognise. Darren Dunning was one of them. And I recognise him because uh, I've mentioned before my obsession with LMA manager. 2007 LMA manager because they didn't make another one. Um, and Darren Dunning is, a, is quite a good player who plays in the non-league on that game. So if you ever if you ever play in 2007 LMA, look him up. Because if, if you're in League 2, mate, he's going to become good for you and you're going to be able to sell him for a couple million. He didn't really do a lot in his career. One appearance for Blackburn in the Premier League. Seven appearances for Torquay on loan. 150-odd appearances, most of those in the non-league. I also have Stephen Cook um, who made four appearances for Villa, was very highly thought of as well. Then went to Bournemouth, had a lot of injuries and um, had a loan spell at Torquay where he made, I think, 12 appearances, but only 80 or really a career ruined by injury. I think he was actually quite highly rated um, when I was researching him. So a bit of a shame there. Um, and the other name I have, I don't even know, uh, Mark Ford. <laughs> Apparently played for Leeds 20-odd times and Torquay 20-odd times. Who knows? But it, those three, <laughs> I was just like, this is how much I was scraping the barrel that I had to sort of have those as my honourable mentions. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I have Holloway down, but I have him on the right. I don't know if that's necessarily where he actually played, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd put him on, on just looking at him as a right midfield option. Like he's clearly a scrap <laughs> number set. Well, I don't know. I, 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 I was, I was almost a little bit unsure of my selection here because um, I saw a. A, um, a highlight. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, it was it was on Soccer AM uh, last week when they do like the sort of top binge challenge. They get someone to just volley a ball, and if they get it in the top corner, then that's good. Yeah, he was on that, and he volleyed the ball into the top corner, like top bins. And yeah, it was it was good to see him celebrate that in the sort of typical Ollie way. So I was I was considering maybe changing my my mind just just on that alone. Like that's more of what I've seen him kicking the ball than I ever <laughs> did when he was actually a professional player. Um, but it was all right. Yeah, so I, I'd consider him on the right. Um, but yeah, for the, for the central options, I have two others to throw in. Uh, one is Adam Murray. Who I remember being. I, do, I remember Adam at Murray. Derby in the Premier League, and yeah, he. I, I actually do kind of remember him being at Torquay because I, I. He came to Torquay after being in the Premier League, and I was like, oh, I. I know that. Like he. He should be all right. He's yeah, come. Yeah, someone with you know a, a decent start to their career. Uh, but I don't really remember him doing anything at Torquay. Same with Ryan Jarvis, who started out at. 
um, Norwich, I believe. Um, right, Jarvis, I definitely had as a forward. <laughs> right, okay, fair enough. But yeah, so he maybe I was thinking more of like the sort of number ten sort of style. But yeah, I, so he, Ryan Jarvis had a younger brother called Rossi Jarvis, who also <laughs> played for Norwich and Torquay, and was a midfielder. Right. Okay. So I met maybe mixing the two up, but yeah, it, it's a name that I recognise, and I think he's still playing. I think didn't we play against them? Who did we play against the other week? Uh, Kings Lynn. I think he's at Kings Lynn at the Possibly. moment, um, which is very near to Norwich. So he's probably still at home um, but yeah that that was kind of it mark ford was one that i had no idea who he was but yeah i i, I could I, I put him in just to bulk out the stats <laughs> weirdly that you mentioned adam murray i distinctly remember adam murray playing for Torquay 2006 mm. so it would have been like at a time when i was watching them I, I again just going from my hazy memory of being 16 years old I remember him being pretty decent and I think he did you know he stayed in the football league when he left Torquay so I do remember him being all right for them so yeah he's definitely a better shout than some of um some of the players I've got um <laughs> for sure for sure um was there anyone else uh, no, that was that was literally it. I mean, even that was it. Was it Dunning? Didn't even have him. So you've mentioned more than me. <laughs> to be fair, Darren Dunning only really gets on because of LMA. If I'm being fair, honest, fair enough. <laughs> so moving on to the right wing, the wing positions actually nicely were pretty straightforward, weren't they? Um, again, who knows if I've got this right, but I'm pretty sure the one on the left was definitely a left sider. On the right, I've gone for England international Chris Waddle. Um, yes. 62 caps for England. What was he doing playing for Torquay? Well, let me tell you. That was the time when sort of like big name footballers, when they got a bit older and a bit shit, instead of like going over to the States or going over to China, they'd just go and play on the English Riviera for a bit. You know, that was basically the equivalent, um, which is obviously what you saw with someone like Neville Southall, although obviously he wasn't shit at that point. Um, <laughs> I did see Chris Woodall play. I remember my dad going on and on about Chris Waddle. Chris Waddle signed for, Manu- for, signed for Torquay United. And I don't remember being that impressed by him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as we mentioned in um, our Brits Abroad episode, he did make 140-odd appearances for Sheffield Wednesday. Also played for Marseille. Made over 700 appearances in his career. And he did win a Football Writers Player of the Year as well. And two First Division Players of the Year. And a Spurs Player of the Year. So he was obviously very good. And I mean, 60 England caps is quite impressive, Mm -hmm. but not someone I remember being amazing for Torquay. But surprise, surprise, he's better than the competition here. Yeah. And and we also spoke about how he's one of those English players who did go abroad and was actually successful because he won three league on titles, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah, they they, they don't always do that, do they? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Waddle was the, the easy pick for me here. Someone who I, I may have actually seen play a little bit like yeah, when, when they were, were playing. But yeah, not not completely before my time, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, Holloway was kind of the, the other right side that I had. But he actually came below someone I found called Greg Goodridge. Yep. Um, who is apparently from Barbados. Mm-hmm. Um, played for Torquay for a season, did really well, got a move to QPR the following season in the Premier League didn't do that well and then sort of went off into lower league obscurity uh 63 caps 16 goals for Barbados I think this this is this is where my sort of random football noise comes in I think he was involved in a game 
in like a Caribbean Cup tournament thing where FIFA were test running some weird rules. And basically it was actually in Barbados's best interests to score an own goal than it was to actually score a winning goal in like extra time. It was one of those weird ones where it's like the, the goal was worth two. So for like the goal difference things to get a better draw actually made sense was it like to lose two nil than it was to win two nil. <laughs> thing where like you know like if you have like a win by a certain amount of runs or something, it like gets you more points or something. It's like a weird sort of like math thing. Like what is it in cricket? Duckworth Lewis. So that's yes, yeah, yeah. Like some weird calculation. Yeah, um, it was it was it was just some weird rule they put in, and basically it was it would have made a. a, a like an, an easier draw for them in the next round, or it would have made them get through with worse it goals. Like it was, it was weird. But like I was like, basically the whole story was that them and whoever it was they're playing against were trying to score against themselves, and they were defending each other's goal. So FIFA kind of quickly drops that rule. <laughs> Brilliant! That sounds amazing. They should reintroduce that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think Goodridge. I, again, he was one that um, I don't remember. I think he may have actually come back to Torquay for a second spell after leaving, um, but wasn't massively successful. Um, the other name I have is one, I feel it's sort of like a Vidi printer, you know, like final score, uh, Gillette Soccer Saturday, sort of famous name. Maybe that's just me. He might have been, I think he was quite a versatile sort of forward player, but I've stuck him on the right hand side, is Paul Hall. Mm -hmm. Again, you might have put him somewhere else. Uh, I consider him as a striker, um, but yeah, he was one who could kind of play I, a bit I, everywhere. So yeah. Um, again, I don't really remember him playing for Torquay, but he, he was one that played ninety odd times for Torquay. Bit of a journeyman, over six hundred appearances in his career, ten appearances for Coventry, um, which I'm guessing was the Premier League. Yeah, so I, so I, I associate him with Coventry in a way, so that that's kind of where my only knowledge of his name comes from. <laughs> not a Premier League legend by any by any stretch. Not a Boateng, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but he did make 48 appearances for uh, Jamaica, scoring 14 goals. So him and uh, Goodridge were kind of like decent, decent backups, I guess, to um, Chris Waddle. Yeah, I, th I think Paul Hall played in the 98 World Cup. I don't think he scored in it, but like, when I look through, like, we do a lot of research for this, but when I look through, <laughs> I think he was actually like played as a striker for that team. Um, uh, it was probably when they had like I don't know it was, it was like I, I mean, Jason Newell and Ricardo Gardner would that yeah, be in yeah. that sort of yeah era um, but yeah I, I, I seem to see him on the lineups as a striker so I did consider him as a striker but when I look through and like his maybe his goal stats and that, it, it does look more like he did probably play a bit deeper for, for most of his career to be fair I may have just stuck him on the right because I had a few good options up front and I didn't have that many good options on the right fair <laughs> Uh, so what about the left-hand side? Again, I think this is pretty straightforward. It's definitely straightforward. I, I've already mentioned that I haven't considered Lee Hodges here, who you also thought was uh, a good left-back option. So this is where I did consider Lee Hodges, but haven't gone for him because, as with the right, there's a very good standout option here, and it's Lee Sharp. Yeah. Yeah, played play for Torquay in the late 80s um, and then got moved to some random team up in Lancashire. Yeah, eight, 18 in caps, three Premier League titles with United, two FA Cups, League Cup, Cup Winners' Cup. Kind of almost won it all with United, really, didn't he? Um, yeah. Also someone who, who could probably play as left-back if you needed, um, probably play on the right, kind of. We had a lot of players at that time who would just play wherever you needed, but you, you would if you were playing for Ferguson, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, he, he, he did very well with with United. Uh, also played for Leeds in the Premier League, I think. Yep. Um, so I mean, that it does go down in estimation slightly with that, but you know. You yeah, can't be perfect. It can't be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> Miss Lee Sharp, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know, he's one of those ones who just yeah was part of a very good, successful period for United under Ferguson, and yeah, obviously was pushed out of the team when you had like gigs coming through, which is fair enough. But yeah, you don't look at Lee Sharp and think of him as being as a United flop, considering that they've got him for like a four-tier team. Did all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think he's one that was actually potentially a bit unlucky um, because gigs came through. Because mm. um, I do remember him almost being shuffled across to the right hand side. I say I remember. I remember hearing. You, you remember being sharply shuffled to the to the, <laughs> to the to the right hand side to accommodate gigs. Um, and it is always one of those situations where you have, by all means, a very talented, very good player. But there's someone better coming through and unfortunately for him and I mean probably unfortunately for England because obviously we went on to have a problem on that left hand side for years maybe if Sharp had stayed at United and Giggs hadn't come through and you know maybe he could have you know been an option on that side for some years for England so potentially potentially a bit unlucky there I think he may have had some injury problems as well um, later on in his career Um, did win PFA Young Player of the Year apparently I've got written down Maybe that's not true if you don't have that stat. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I think I think he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, a really good option to have on the left hand side, and one that, from a personal level, to have played for Torquay and Man United, that was like when I was a kid aspiring to be a footballer. Um, <laughs> the obvious tremendous talent I had. That was what um, I aspired to do was to play for Torquay and then go and play for Man United. So he always has kind of been like a, a name that I've, you know, a player I've quite liked. Um, yeah. The only other option I had on the left-hand side was, again, a, a bit of a, a cult hero. No, I may not cult hero. Cult, I don't know. I don't want to call him a villain. That's a bit unfair. <laughs> is Martin Phillips or Buster Phillips? Um, a zero caps for England. Uh, once, I think, referred to by, it was Alan Ball who managed Man City, as he predicted that uh, Buster Phillips was going to be the first like £1 million player. Didn't quite work out that way for him. Uh, 15 appearances for Man City in the league, uh, which is obviously for Premier League appearances. I don't know if all of those were the Premier League appearances, but um, he did play in the Premier League for them. Uh, 70 appearances for Torquay, six goals, 280-odd in his career. Oh, he wasn't very good. I have to be honest, Like when I think of players who I just didn't really like playing for Torquay, he was one of them. Um, I remember when I think of players that you have like verbally abused, that's the one I think of. <laughs> Basically, I definitely didn't tell him he was shit. Um, but like, I remember having an argument with one of our our good friends from school, Wiley, who also supported Torquay, about Buster Phillips, and Wiley saying, "But he never gives a ball away." And I was like, "But he never does anything with it. He's a winger. He's supposed to like run at people or cross it. And sometimes when you run at people and cross it, you lose the ball. And that's what I want attacking players to do. He would just pass sideways. Stop passing sideways. You're a winger. Yeah, it was fucking infuriating." <laughs> um, and you know, Torquay weren't very good at the time, so he got a lot of. And he played on the wing. Yeah, so we weren't very good at the time, and yet he still stood out as being shit. <laughs> <laughs> he played on the wing, so he was always unfortunate because he was right there in front of the pop stand where I could just shout at him. So <laughs> probably I'm a bit harsh on him, but um, he gets a mention here. I'm making it up to him. If you're listening, Buster, I, I take it back. You weren't. <laughs> you were pretty bad. <laughs> 
Okay, so for a forward line, we actually had quite a few options here, I thought. We did, it, yeah. it, was, it was nice to have a, 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 a lot to talk about. I've um, actually, before, yeah. got some honourable mentions that I didn't bother writing down stats for because I think there were names that I knew that I wanted to mention, but, you know, you know, so there were quite a lot of names. Yeah, yeah, there were some which I didn't even realise did play in the Premier League. I just thought they were, you know, standard talky lower league fodder. But no, there was there was a couple with um, Premier League appearances. But ultimately, I went with the combination of, and don't don't judge me here because like there there are quite a few options here, and it's trying to compare them against you know others and how well they've done at the mm-hmm. at the Premier League level and overall their their whole career. Um, I thought the most obvious one was probably Ashley Barnes. Okay. Um, so I've I've gone with him um, as like my I guess my number nine. At the, it, uh, Target I man. There's, I don't think there's, there's a huge amount of tactics going on here. Played for Torquay in 2010, uh, which seems very very recent considering how he's well yeah he's doing all right in the Premier League for for Burnley. Weirdly has like an Austrian under 21 cap, but is not technically allowed to play for their full national team. So he's English. Did he not? No, no. Apparently, the the rule that means he could play for their youth team is, doesn't count for their full team. So he, oh. I, th- I think they did try and cap him, um, and then FIFA went, "No, you're not allowed to do that." Um, so he's, he's English and will probably not ever get a, a cap, regardless of how what he does for Burnley. But yeah, he's, he's been all right in the Premier League. Uh, I don't seem to remember him being at Torquay. I don't think there was there was many appearances. I don't have a, a huge memory of him being there. But um, I do, and he wasn't very good. Yeah, I, I, he, he was always that kind of like championship level striker. Was like was he at Brighton and mm. Plymouth? I seem to recall. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. was at Plymouth when um he he came to Torquay on loan. Right. Okay. So it, it, he always seemed to be like that level when you thought, oh, when when he did get to the Premier League, that he maybe wouldn't sort of be much of a, a success. But he seemed to seems to do all right with with Burnley. Not necessarily this season, but Burnley aren't doing great on the whole um but i think was it was it last year that he, he got like well d- double figures um which well, is i feel like impressive. he was linked to chelsea at some point it, who isn't um <laughs> but yeah he's, he's playing the premier league um here and there since 2014 obviously he did he stick with burnley when they went down and come back up again possibly possibly but yeah like he, he sort of established himself as being a, a an all right bottom half striker for the yeah, Premier League yeah. anywhere between five and ten goals is a solid return yeah, he's not, well, not going to set the league alike but he'll, he'll do the goals and he'll, he'll probably score important ones in the, the games where you need him to score to get you the points to stay up he's, he's that one kind of those of target men that's like ideal for a team like Burnley that you know no disrespect to Burnley at all I actually think that they're you know Sean Dyche has done a great job there but they're, they're one of he's one of those strikers that you know he's good in the air holds the ball up well you know, suits their style are, of play yeah if you are playing longer balls and if you are relying on set pieces he's someone who's great to have does a lot for the team works really hard yeah 100 he's a he's not who, for, who who i've gone for necessarily but he was probably one of yeah he was probably my bench option yeah so like, like i say he's, he's not necessarily like your, your your most natural goal scorer he's not necessarily yeah. most talented but ultimately he's probably had the best Premier League spell out of a lot of these players. <laughs> Alongside him, this this is where it was a little bit tricky. Um, I, yeah, I, I I ultimately settled on Dean Sturridge. Okay. Who yep. Isn't Daniel Sturridge, but they are related. Um, yeah, Dean oh, Sturridge. Yeah? yeah, yeah, I think he's his uncle or his cousin or something. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Dean Sturridge. I associate with Derby 
more than anyone. He did probably play for a few other teams in the Premier League, um, played on and off for about eight years at the top level in Championship. Played for Torquay for a short spell in 94, which I only realised when I was researching this. I had no recollection of him being there. Um, so it was a bit of a, a coup to, to find him because I do remember him being a a decent Premier League and like Championship sort of level striker. Uh, English, but no caps. Yeah, I, I, I think he, he was maybe one of the more consistent options here over the Premier League. And I think he is Derby's top scorer in Premier League history. Um, yeah. Not that there's a huge amount of competition, but like, it, you know, they, they've had a, a few good players. Um, Robbie Savage? Well, me, well, yeah, maybe not for the goals, but I was thinking like maybe like Paolo Wonjop. Um okay. Yeah, Carboni. Um, but yeah, so like, they, they, they had like a spell where it was between like maybe like 96 and 99, where like they were in the Premier League for like three or four seasons in a row, which is a, a good, you know, spell for, for a team that is very, I mean, they've not been in the Premier League since what, like 2004 or so. So, you know, that, that that's a good spell for, for a team of, of that sort of level. And this guy did all right for them during that period and mm. scored a fair amount of goals. So that was my knowledge, and that I, I knew. Three goals, apparently. See, that's that's not a bad return for in a, a lower league years. Premier League striker, is it? You know, that's that's all right. Um, so that, that's why I went with him because I thought Barnes would be your your hold up man, your target man, and Sturridge would be the one to actually get the goals within the team. There's there may be some tactics, but I just went on who I, I thought had had the best spell at the top level. But yeah, happy I mean, to hear suggestions. I I had Dean Sturridge in. Um, I think he's the most natural goal scorer of um, of the options that we have. Like, you know, you've said pretty much everything there. Did get five goals in 10 games for Torquay. So, that, you know, only a short spell, but a pretty good spell. Over 300 appearances and 92 goals. So around one in three isn't a bad strike rate for someone who, like you said, has played for quite a, lo- played for quite a long time at the top level. The other the one I went for alongside him, and I, I am happy to consider Ashley Barnes instead, because um, I do think there's quite a good little partnership there with sort of like a target man and a goal scorer. Um, I went for Jason Roberts, who um, obviously is making his name as a pundit now more, but um, 12 caps for Granada, eight goals, another sort of, you know, um, Car- Caribbean kind of like obscure nation uh, player. Obviously probably best known from a spell at Blackburn where he made 150 appearances and 28 goals. Not a great striker return, let's face it. He's not a... You know, he's not a Dean Sturridge, he's not a goal scorer, he's more of a sort of hard-working provider. Um, but yeah, he did... he's, he's very creative, isn't he? I think I, yeah. I, I have always liked Roberts, so I, I, he is my bench option here, I, I'll admit. He kind so. of, I'm trying to think of an equivalent in maybe the modern, in maybe like the current game. But he's one of those strikers who almost, his goals aren't really why he's in your side. He's, he's working hard for you, he's harrying defenders. Maybe, I mean, he's not a striker, but maybe a bit similar to like someone like Jesse Lingard, where it's almost his off-the-ball work that um, put him in your, your team for. Um, yeah, no, no, no face, Jason, Jason for, that, for that comparison. But, yeah. I mean, you know, Jesse Lingard <laughs> is a good player. I stand by Jesse Lingard. Um, 14 appearances, six goals for Torquay, over 500 appearances in his career, 168 goals in total. So not a terrible return, um, probably slightly better than Ashley Barnes. But he did play for a bunch of clubs, you know, West Brom, Portsmouth, Wigan, Reading. Did win the championship at one of those, I think, at Reading. I think. Maybe uh, a bit he, he came up with Wigan, Wigan because it was him and, and Nathan Ellington. It was like the really good partnership, wasn't it? That's never kind of worked out in the Premier League. But yeah, Roberts was, was always, always did well at the teams he was at, I guess. 
so yeah, so I went for those two, but I am happy co- to consider Ashley Barnes because he was my third option on the bench. Um, the other strikers I had uh, <laughs> were Mickey Evans, Republic of Ireland international with one cap. Um, obviously a bit of a Plymouth Argyle legend who came to play for Torquay for a season and was fucking awful. Like it was so like there was so much hype about him and he was so bad. Like oh, just you know how like I said Neville Southall was maybe like a bit older and you know a bit bigger but he you know he was such a good you know good read the game brilliantly was like very knowledgeable very commanding none of that from mickey evans yet you know i think mickey evans has got a bit of like a cult thing um i can't remember who it was he would he played for in the premier league but i think he came through as like a youngster and, and scored like a couple of goals that helped them it was Southampton. avoid relegation southampton and i and i think because he, because he, he is actually born like he, he was born in the west country even though he did play for ireland and like the fan, like Southampton fans, like donned like straw hats and had like you know straw out there, like like proper sort of farmer style in like his honour for bit like well, being a bit of a cult player for them. And apparently, then, he yeah. won a Premier League Player of the Month. Yeah, yeah, I think he was just like a bit of a, an impact player that they they brought in and did good for that one month where they really needed him to do good, and then just nothing for the rest of his career. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, he is a he is a cult hero at Plymouth, but. For Torquay, he was awful. And maybe it was late in his career and, you know, whatever. But it was a season, I think it was a season we got relegated. And he, we had him and, I think, Lee Thorpe up front. And Lee Thorpe was, like, all right. Ended up playing at centre-back, though. But uh, Mickey Evans was just shocking. He got one goal in 17 appearances. And it wasn't like uh, Ashley Barnes. Yeah, but he does a lot, you know, good stuff for the team. He wins a lot of headers. He was just shocking. Um, he could barely move, you know. Um, yeah, awful. And the other name I have is the one you've mentioned. So Ryan Jarvis. I think you may be worth thinking of Rossi Jarvis because Ryan Jarvis, if he wasn't a forward, I'd have probably had him down as a wide player. Yeah, um, I think, I think he's, he's, he's maybe recently. that might be what I'm thinking because like I said, I'm pretty sure he's at Kings Lynn now. So I think when we played them, uh, it might have actually been one of the ones that was, was televised and I watched it. I, I'm pretty sure he was like just a bit of like a sort of number six type um, um, nowadays, but that that might just be where my knowledge is. And when he was actually in his prime and, and yeah, playing in the Premier League, he probably was as as a, a striker for those few games. But for Torquay, when he came, uh, he played uh, 57 times for Torquay, 11 goals. I do remember him playing again. I think we may have been playing a 4-3-3 at the time, and he was like one of the front three. Pretty decent player by by all stretches. I think he went on to other teams to and you know did okay in the in the football league um 411 appearances and 62 goals in total and i uh, did play for norwich in the premier league um i think in the season where they had like dean ashton and um other players leon mckenzie and they might have beaten man united in that season um <laughs> and then the other sort of honorable mentions i have who i don't have any stats down for i have paul robinson um, who came through at Newcastle? Not that Paul Robinson. No, not that Paul Robinson. Not no, not that Paul Robinson. No, not the one from this, Neighbours either. That, this, that, that, he's a fictional character. <laughs> no, not the one that. Not the goalkeeper who played for Tottenham and Blackburn. Not the left back who played for West Brom. Not the centre back who played for Millwall. But I don't, not in the Premier League. Um, but uh, the forward who played for Newcastle once. Um, actually, may have been more than once. Um, was quite a talented player. Dropped down to the lower leagues. I remember him being signed as a bit of a panic signing for Torquay to see if he could do something. It wasn't bad. It was, you know, had a nice touch, had some sort of creativity to him, but nothing really to write home about. <laughs> um, yeah, I think my, my knowledge of him is that for some reason he started um, a Tyne and Weir derby ahead of like Alan Shearer. 
when he was like Bad a youngster play. and uh, he scored but they lost and but it was like kind of like why aren't you starting Shearer what are you doing like yeah. it, was, it was such a like obscure thing and I think it lost whatever manager it was their, their job ultimately <laughs> not surprising not surprising yeah. <laughs> um, and the other names I have one is Ayrton Christie who's almost like I was surprised to have played in the Premier League because for me he's like a lower league kind of like legend um, and the other one is Mark Nichols who I can't tell you anything about <laughs> so those were my <laughs> Options. Yeah, the, the ones I want to throw in are O'Neill Donaldson. Don't know why, but it was a cool name, I guess. Yeah, played played in Premier League, played for Torquay for here and there. Um, and Nicky Banger is one that I, I recognise. Um, I, I don't really know why. Again, it's just a, a bit of a weird name, but I think he maybe scored a, you know, a sort of a standout goal when he was a youngster and then played for Torquay. And yeah, like... It, it, it's a name I know, but I, but I, I don't really know why. <laughs> but yeah, that. Other than that, we've kind of mentioned everyone who I thought was really in contention. Okay, so I mean, you know, the decisions to be made are at right back, at left back, and up front. Does that sound right to you? Yeah. Yeah, midfield we we matched, didn't we? So up front to start, you know, backwards. <laughs> Um, I'm happy to go with you and put Ashley Barnes over Jason Roberts. I think Jason Roberts could be a good bench option. Yeah, well, we had, we had the same three either way, didn't we? It was just yeah. which one. Yeah. So. And I, I actually quite like the idea of Ashley Barnes and Dean Sturridge as a partnership. So I think that makes sense. What about the fullbacks? What are your feelings on the fullbacks? I'm happy to to go with Smith over Senior if you want. Both are, are very, we go with, very similar players, yeah. aren't they? So. Should we go with Smith over Rosinia and Kamara over Moxie? Okay, then, we, then we kind of get one each. And Kamara, we shouldn't do it just on international career, but he did have 30-odd caps for Guinea, so maybe he, he gets he gets. And he's it. one of the few who's actually won a league title. <laughs> a, a Scottish league title. I mean, he might as well have won, like, I don't know, the league, under uh, Like Chris Waddle. <laughs> so, okay. So, from back to front, before we do the bench... Southall in goal, a back four of Smith, Bold, Curl, Kamara, a midfield of Waddle, O'Kane, Trollope, and Lee Sharp. And up front, we've got Ashley Barnes and Dean Sturridge. The bench was pretty straightforward, wasn't it? So on the bench for goalkeeper, did you want to go for your American, whose name I've forgotten? Uh, no, I, I, I had Kelvin Davis over here. Okay. I thought Davis definitely um, established himself in, in England a lot more than, than Sommer ever did. So... Perfect. So Kev- Kelvin Davis on the bench. We had um, Matt Elliott as a sub midfielder. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, we had. I'm not sure who we had as a sub midfielder. Um, um, I, I was thinking Goodridge just just for the, the fact he probably has got more international goals than anyone else. In this yeah. Team. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll go Goodridge. I was going to say Ian Holloway, and then I was like, oh no, we did have Goodridge as well. So Goodridge, it's a good shout. See what I did there. Uh, and then Jason Roberts so a bench of Kelvin Davis uh, Matt Elliott Goodridge and um, and Jason Roberts sorry I'm cracking up just because I was like what if his first name was Good and his last name was Ridge what <laughs> what <laughs> the things that come go through my head so I mean I don't think that team's thankfully that team's not going to be in any of our World Cups or anything I don't think it would do very well. some of the players might be though <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could do like a West Country one and do like players who have played for Plymouth and players who have played for Exeter and players who have played for, I don't know, Yeovil. And then we could do a, like a, a West Country like face-off. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, maybe that would let's, be. Let's maybe, maybe not, because we don't want Plymouth winning this. Yeah, Plymouth might win. Ah, yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, what are we what are we looking at next episode? Well, we uh, last year, our, our last one we did, however many weeks ago it was, was a, a rest of South America, wasn't it? It was, yes. So I was thinking if we go slightly above the equator and do a North American 11. I think we've we've established here that there's a lot of Caribbean players who have played in the Premier League. There's, there's, there's plenty others from these. I don't think, I think we'll do a separate Caribbean one later down the line. So this yeah. will just be like mainland North America. So that'd be like Canada, USA, Mexico, uh, Costa Rica. Um, then, there's not going to be a huge amount of nations, but all of those have had a fair few decent imports to the Premier League. And I think a nice combined team would be good. I don't think any of them have had like enough to really make individual 11s like we kind of tend to do with yeah like like, with, like the rest of you South might, America you might be able to do like a, a United States one but it'll be stronger for having you know you wouldn't be able to do like a Mexican one would you no no it'll be nice to be able to talk about some Mexican players I think and some yeah. obviously Honduran and other teams you mentioned <laughs> yes yeah Honduras as well yeah yeah so perfect well that sounds good I hope everyone's enjoyed our first one name at a time of 2021 many more to come to you know help us through these strange strange days and i hope you'll all join us next episode for our are we calling it north american 11 is that what we're calling i'll it? call it north america yeah, north, Amer- north american 11 hope to see you then thanks for listening and come on you yellows <laughs>